What do I do? Oh, I do a welcome, don't I? You do. Come on, okay. get your head in the game, man. Okay. Pull yourself. You can do this. What episode is it? I believe it's seventeen. Okay. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Welcome everybody to episode 17 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name's Nick Page and I'm joined uh, as ever by Joe Davis. Joe, how are you doing? Hello, I'm very well indeed. Yeah, very good. good. Very good. It's sunny, isn't it? It's sunny, it's beautiful. I've just had a weekend away. Rachel went to Minsmere. So Minsmere's like the best bird reserve in the country, as you know, because we've been there. Yes. And we saw bitterns and chetty's warblers and we Did watched you? a nightingale singing really close. That is a ah, treat. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. Fantastic. Um, so you went to Minsmere without me? Uh, yes, sorry about that. Actually, I had an idea while I was there. You know this mid-faith crisis weekend that's definitely going to happen in the autumn? Never going to happen. But if it didn't happen in the autumn, we could go mm. in the spring there... But I haven't given up on the autumn one, so stay tuned, folks. You haven't given up on it, but you haven't organised anything. No, but that's a that's a very specialist gift set. <laughs> <laughs> that, as we have said many times, we don't have the ministry we don't of actually, actually delivering anything. No, that's my thing. I have the ministry of interfering and having ideas and telling people <laughs> what's wrong. But I don't actually have the ministry yeah, of delivering anything, any alternative. Anything That's not my gifting. It's not my gifting. No, it is. You stick to what you're good at. On the plus side, I did see a near revival. Well, I thought I saw a near revival, <laughs> but it turned out to be a seagull. A lesser spotted revival. <laughs> How about you? How are you, my dear friend? Yes, I'm I'm all right. Well, I'm a, I feel a little bit under the weather, but I'm taking a little wine for you my are. stomach's sake. Mm, mm, being biblical. Not, you are so biblical when, it's, when it suits so, you. <laughs> particularly selected verses <laughs> that is the way to read the bible speaking of selected verses and reading the bible i should say since the good publishers sent us a promotional copy mm. of rob bell's new book which i've nearly finished it's dave called... bell you mean dave bell yeah what mm. is the bible no, actually only when we interview him is he dave bell yeah and uh, it's a very very good book I've read some really critical <laughs> reviews of it, but I, I think it's really great. And it has the effect of making you really interested, like, not unlike your books on the Bible, making you want to go and pick up the Bible and read it. Oh, it's very That's good. My, mostly good. my books make people want to read, uh, go and pick up the Bible and throw it at me. That's what <laughs> I mean. <laughs> pick up a huge Bible and hit me with Um Oh, that's good. Well, now we have also, we have a book uh, to give away. We do. Um, thanks to my lovely publishers, Hodder. Yeah. Uh, and lovely Rachel at Hodder. We have a, a copy of Bad Sheep and, oh no, what's it called? Black, Black Sheep, Sheep and, and Prodigals. Prodigals. That was neat. By uh, Dave Tomlinson. Famous interviewee, Dave Tomlinson. Yeah, thank you. I was, I was getting there. Oh, gosh. I, I hope you keep this in. I want people to see how disorganised you are. <laughs> um, we have that to give away. And what what should be the basis of giving it away, Joe? Uh, what do you think we should ask people to do? Well, obviously a competition that stretches them intellectually and emotionally. And morally. And morally. Yeah. <laughs> as ever. 
yeah. or <laughs> we, in the spirit of extreme shallowness, which yes. I think is a hallmark, uh, yeah, I much. think it should be to the person who sends in the best compliment about the podcast. I think that sounds great. So that we can then use on the website and in promotional material. Yeah, so drawing really on promotional techniques of various uh, tin pot dictators around the world. Um, <laughs> basically, the person who sends us the most outrageous and nice compliment yes. it's over the top yes. about the podcast. It, 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 and we'll choose and uh, then we'll send you a copy of Black Sheep and Prodigal. Because yeah, I, we'll read out think, the winner. <laughs> yeah, I do think that when it comes to a Christian um, <laughs> podcast, encouraging people to lie outrageously in order to win a prize is... It's the top of the list. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, right. Well, look, um, do we have any feedback? Yes, we do. Go on, then. Well, um, um, uh, anyway, uh, there is a reason I'm sort of picking this one out to read. I've been going through a tough time since 2013, just managed to start attending church again recently. But during the darkest moments, things became messy and I stayed away from church. And But this is what encouraged me. The new minister sent to me your article, Remid Faith Crisis, which accurately describes my melting point crisis I Mm. face. The article really helped, so I decided to click on the podcast link thing, they say. Mm. Episode 16, the interview with Dave Tomlinson. It was really interesting. I'm going to buy the book. Uh, Your programme is really encouraging. Uh, You guys... And it finished off. I really appreciate it. So thanks again. And if God can hear me, I hope he continues to grow and bless your ministry. There's a lot out. Uh, there's a lot of hurt out there, then you can help. Oh, uh, nice. Two things: uh, God's a she, and secondly, <laughs> second... oh, here we go. <laughs> no, no, no. And secondly, uh, I'm really thank you for that lovely thing, but I'm really encouraged that the minister recommended. Yeah, that's, that's well. Good. Actually, so... I suspect quite a lot of uh, ministers and leaders uh, vicars listen to this. Do you? Uh, yes, because uh, they're the first ones to go through mid-faith crisis generally. Yeah, I know. Shouldn't we be giving them free books? Uh, well, no, because they can just take money out of the collection, can't they? <laughs> okay, the, 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 I think that's how it works. Uh, they, they don't need freebies. They just, okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, um, good. So any news from Upper Ramsbottom? I think well, back here's to a letter. Funnily things. enough, so here, here we have a bit. I've got a letter here, um, amazingly enough, and it says, Dear BBC Question Time. I'm amazed that despite repeated requests, I have not been invited to take my part in your programme in the run-up to the general election. Some of my key manifesto pledges include a pork scratchings allowance for the over-60s, reintroducing hanging for anyone using their phone in the quiet carriage, reducing the school leaving age to seven to allow more time for them to clean chimneys, and forcing every citizen to have a tattoo of the late Queen Mother on an appropriate part of their anatomy. These policies have led some of my opponents to label me an extremist. While it would be tempting to respond to these lily-livered, hummus-eating, guardian-breeding pinko scum, I like to think that I'm above name-calling and cheap abuse. It's so easy to label people, isn't it? Perhaps that's something you would care to discuss on your so-called programme. Yours, Ethel Saddle person, prospective member of parliament for Upper Ramsbottom. So, um, that's, that's great, isn't that's it? That's lovely to hear from <laughs> But we did think uh, in this episode we might just talk about some of the labels because it was one of the things that uh, you picked up with Dave yeah. Tomlinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of, you know, once people go through the whole, you know, take everything as the Bible uh, says literally and start to move away from that 
you know, depending how far you move away from that view, you can end up being sort of name called a liberal or something like that. And so I said to him, you know, how do you respond to that? And, uh, you know, does it bother you? And he says, well, he says, it doesn't really bother me. And, and, and I don't especially mind being called a liberal, hmm. which I thought was quite interesting. But yeah, we thought it'd be good to pick up on this idea of labelling both the labels we give to others, the label we give to ourselves. I mean, mm. and even, of course, in the Gospels, you know, you see Jesus quite often resisting labels himself. So, well, certainly the Messiah label. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thought it might be uh, something to uh, to talk about. I think it is interesting because, I mean, one of the things that Christian history teaches you is that generally, um, or quite often, the names that we now take for granted about uh, certain facets of Christianity began as abusive labels. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, there's a yeah. strong indication that Christian itself was uh, first thought of in Antioch and was a kind of rather derogatory term. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a combination of Christos, the, the, the anointed Messiah, but also Christos, which means good, which was a slave's name. So, you know, Christians were like good little slaves. So it was a term of abuse, and, and yet it somehow sort of uh, stuck. Yeah. Uh, and a great number of the sort of um, denominational terms that we use, um, Quakers or Methodists, yeah. um, Lutherans was first a term of abuse. It's was possible it? that, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Luther you? hated being called a Lutheran. Yeah, he didn't want to be. He, he called himself evangelical. He thought, you know, they weren't really Lutherans. Um, probably, I think James the First. It's I've read somewhere that James the First um, was the first person to to call um, Anglicans Anglican, but he didn't mean it as a compliment. He meant it as sort of sort of you know these strange people down south. He's not proper, not proper right. Protestants really. Um, yeah. So I mean, the, 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 a lot of those terms come as start as sort of labels, derogatory labels, and then they become you know accepted. And I, I got thinking. I was thinking about how often people use labels to sort of put people down yeah or to or yeah. to raise themselves up yes yeah i mean i don't know what you think about that because that's always one yeah. of the things that concerns me about the mid-faith crisis and particularly about you know yes. we've we've talked before about stages of faith yeah. that in in trying to describe where you are you actually subtly push everyone else down yeah you're making yourself to be in a much further look at me i'm stage, on stage five progressive stage and they and, and they say those, don't they? Sort of progressive Christians or progressive yeah. Christianity, which is you. I, I think I understand what they're saying, but of course the implication is others are unprogressive. Yeah, or I'm an open evangelical. Have yeah. you heard that one? Meaning you're a closed evangelical. Meaning everybody else is a closed and repressed evangelical. Um, so there was a there's an Anglican organisation called um, Anglican Mainstream. Yeah. And they're yeah, it's Baptists fairly conservative, well. right? So yeah. that's the implication that everybody else who disagrees with them is outside the mainstream. They're yeah. the fringe. Yeah. And their opponents, they call themselves thinking Anglicans. Ah, thus, yes. It, Which thus means... immediately, yeah, making everybody else unthinking Anglicans, presumably, yeah. or you know. Um, and th- th- this is such a really good thing to pick up on on the mid faith crisis because. I think part of the whole meltdown phase of, um, you know, your faith in that time, to use the uh, butterfly analogy again, you know, the kind of chrysalis moment, Mm. the the metamorphosis, the kind of gooey meltdown, as I like to think of it, technically. Part of that is, I think you, 
you do kick and scream a bit and you get a bit angry and you, you know this is stupid these people are wrong these people mm. are narrow-minded and, and you're mm. sort of angry Part of that is you're pushing out your angry because you're angry with yourself for believing stuff for so long that might not have been right or whatever, how mm. you see things. It's very natural to get angry. And I, I can certainly remember at one point, you know, just, you know, these songs are... St- I mean, we, we often talk about songs and things like the words. Yeah, these these songs are stupid. There's aggression. Mm. There's, there's, mm. there's anger behind that. And now I don't feel angry about it at all. I mean, sometimes I smile at the words, but I don't. I don't get all steamed up. And I certainly hope I wouldn't go. This is really stupid, or this is, you know, because I, because with working that through a bit more, you realise actually some people really like this. I used to be at a stage where I would have loved this, and I like things black and white, and I like things that, and it worked for me, and it was really helpful. So why would I cast stones at people who were just where I've been for a lot of my life, and why? It's just me wanting to register that I've, I've kind of, I'm, I'm opening up to other things now. And that doesn't make me better or superior or more advanced in, in any way. It just means I'm moving on from that. But what, what I think happens is you can get this great negative energy. So I'm a progressive Christian now. I mean, it's yeah. a bit like you mentioned Rob Bell's book, you know, well, I like Rob Bell's book, but that can put you in the camp. It can put you in the hip. Oh, absolutely. It can put you in with the hip crowd. Yeah, absolutely. And and there really are tribal those things. So when when you're publishing, you often get asked if you've got uh, people who give you endorsements. Yeah. Uh, you know, will somebody endorse your book? And I don't have endorsements because nobody in their right mind would endorse my book. So I have to sort of make them up. So my new book has endorsements from John Calvin on and Luther and people like that. <laughs> yeah. I've, just, I've just decided to make them up, really. Um, but no, and the, the thing is, I don't really trust them because uh, if you ever read endorsements, you know exactly in someone's book who's going to endorse it. I could almost yeah. l- name yeah. the list. Of, yeah. You give me an author and I'll tell you who's, who's going to appear yeah. on the endorsement. Because it's not about whether the book is good or or bad it's about where which tribe the author is in yeah. which where is he and part of that is okay in a way because lab- we need labels in order to make sense of things we need labels yeah, in order sure. to organize stuff yeah. and to and to describe where we are so you know what i was i was a bit conservative now i'm a bit liberal the danger is that 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 kind of movement is described in terms of becoming better yes. than the other person morally better morally or... better and putting down the others yes yeah. yeah whereas it's a bit like i've moved from one place to another yeah so i don't say that i'm better because i live in oxford rather than living in worthing yeah you do yeah bad i do actually ex- that's actually, a bad actually example. it's probably true <laughs> i don't yeah. actually live in oxford anyway but no. you know i'm not saying no but i don't yeah. say i'm better you know it's like you're, if you're living yeah. in one place yeah of course and it doesn't make you better than the other person living in another place you're just in a different you're just in a different place different and that, that is a very helpful analogy i think because let's take a, a example i used to be a very conservative evangelical and then i you know had a crisis and and then someone showed me richard raw and rob bell and brian mclaren and others and now i'm a progressive christian and uh, you know to which point i think but if but if i'm still a complete and utter <laughs> what 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 do, but at but, least you're a progressive yeah but you know bully for me great i've just exchanged my negative energy in one camp and uh, Mm. now i'm now i'm angry about something else yeah big deal that surely isn't the point and it strikes me that 
the people I would describe as mature, which are people who have moved through the mid-faith kind of crisis bit, I think, a bit more. They, they're not angry. They're not angry. Or they, no. don't, they don't get angry. They pick their battle. I suppose like a good parent, you learn to pick your battles, mm. you know. Mm. A song has some silly lyrics, or you, the, the lyrics that you think are a bit silly. It doesn't, mm. you know, that doesn't matter. But injustice, that, that probably is worth getting angry about. Well, still. yes, I would personally prefer to get angry about song lyrics, if it's anything <laughs> to you. Actually, I, just <laughs> to bring this whole conversation down, we sang one the other day, and a friend of mine was talking about it, and she was saying, uh, it's that song, uh, something like You Are the God of the Helpless Defender of the Week. And she says, it sounds like a footballer. Jesus is defender of the week, man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> defender of the week. Defender of the week is fantastic. Look at that. Goal line clearance. <laughs> he missed out on goal of the month. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, I think this is a constant battle for us, isn't it? To kind of, um, to feel like we're moving. Yeah. And we're growing and we're learning, but not to feel superior. I think, in fact, that's one of the signs, perhaps, of maturing as yeah. a Christian. Is saying, you know, to learn mm. humility and to learn a proper perspective on yourself is absolutely part mm. of growing mm. as a Christian. Um, I think mm. before it was very important to me to be, um, you know, to know where I stood in the pecking order. And it's still yeah. something I fight against. You know, it's yeah. still something I struggle with. I'm not saying yeah. I've cracked it. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to... No. To think that I'm somehow spiritually kind of more enlightened Advanced, than somebody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a load of nonsense. I'm just in a different place, really. But I, I mean, I certainly look back on, you know, when I was in my deepest, darkest moment, I mean, I did push my anger out. And, I, you know, yeah. I, I was getting angry about anything and everything. And almost church became a swear word for a while, you know, because it's like church. <laughs> yeah, all those people who still go to church. Yeah, you know, Take it seriously. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Grow so, up. I think there was a bit of that, which I, I don't know whether I regret, but you just think, well, what kind of person do you want to do? In fact, my friend Dave, and because he's called Dave, he should be on the podcast. And mm. it came to see me. And um, he, bless him, he asked me a really great question at the weekend. And it's a question that a friend asks, not some sort of person who doesn't know you at all. But it was it was a very genuine, not ov- overly spiritual, but a genuine question. He said, so, so what do you think God is wanting to do in your life at the moment? Mm. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't hear that question from everyone. I might tell some people give them the same response they would if they asked me if I was born again but because because this is a friend he asked me this very genuinely and I think that's a very very good question to ask someone yeah why wouldn't you share with some people just quite interested I, I, I just think that's the sort of question that requires a certain depth of relationship before okay. before you yeah. ask it to someone I don't think yeah. you you go around it's an intimate question. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go around and ask someone the intimate, you know, ask a stranger what's the intimate details of their sex life. And I don't think I'd ask anyone the intimate... Well, I I do do that <laughs> yeah, I quite know, frequently. But, you, but you've been warned about it. Yes, and that's why I can no longer use the London Underground. <laughs> I was going to say, you've been warned about it many times by your wife, in fact. <laughs> no, I think that relationship is, is, a, is a really good... Uh, but there, but, but I, I just think that's the question. So, 
So on the one hand, you know, I feel like I am reading a bit more widely and I'm getting new sources and my mind is being opened up to new ideas and new ways of interpreting the Bible and blah, 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 blah. And that's that's very helpful to have some more interesting knowledge to put that. But the, the bigger question is, you know, am I becoming more Christ-like? Mm. That, that's the real golden question. And, and what would it take to become more Christ-like? And, and the answer is, well, sometimes a bit more knowledge would be helpful. But most of the time, it, it, it requires doing what I already know. Mm. Mm. Um, and so, you know, making that transition from a whole ton of head knowledge to actually living the good news mm. out. And that means in the morning when I wake up to the people, you know, to the person who I am closest to and the relationships I have with work colleagues. And that's, it's in the gritty grime of everyday life where I have decisions to make about who I am and how I behave. And how, that's where it really mm. counts, it seems to me. Mm. So you're a progressive Christian. So your mind's mm. been opened up to new. So you don't take all the Bible literally anymore. So you... You choose to worship in the outside rather than in a church building. Good, 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 good. But there's a big so what at the end of it all, isn't there? Mm. I think it's about... Because Christ-likeness is the very role of a Christian. That is the label that you're... That's the root of that label. Yeah. And, you know, that's what it's all about. And I think, I think there is a real question about the labels in terms of what do other people see in that? Yeah. You know, if I describe myself as uh, a Christian, what's other people's understanding of that? Or, you know, this is, I yeah. think, a lot of people's concern with the, with the label evangelical these days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I would still describe myself as an evangelical in the best sense of the word. You know, there's someone yes. who's committed to the good news. But you and are... to a personal relationship with Jesus. And also, yeah. I am obviously a bug-eyed Republican and <laughs> want, to, want to kill people. Um, you know, no. But only you know, other authors... <laughs> yeah, and the other more successful author. No, but that's the problem. The problem is the label gets co-opted, and exactly. then it gets, exactly. it gets it, it, you know, it gets warped, and because we don't know people. I mean, even that thing, you know, even that that stuff. I, I I'd like to just pick up on that relationship thing when you talked about Dave asking you that question. Yeah. You were talking about relationship because yeah. for me, I'd like to reintroduce an old friend of the show, and he comes from episode one, I believe, Martin Buber. Ah, yes. Do you remember little Marty Buber? I do. I, I'm a great fan of his work. <laughs> not Michael Bublé. Not Michael <laughs> Bublé. Martin Buber. Yes. So Martin Buber is a kind of... Because uh, uh, what happened after that show, after that, I'd never really read any Martin Buber, but I'd heard um, the book, which is, mm. the, the, is written in German, and the translation is I and Thou, normally. Yes. I and, I and yeah. You. Yeah. So I thought I'd read it. And um, it's an absolutely amazing book. I don't really understand most of it. But I had that feeling. You ever, you ever get that feeling with something that you think, this is really important. That's really important. I don't really understand it. Yeah, but I've sure. got the sense there's something really important sure. here. I'm not sure he really understood it either. Yeah. But at the core of it, the core of it is about uh, that there's two ways of seeing the world, of interacting with the world, which he calls I-it and I-you. So we can yeah. see everything else in the world, other people, as an it as an object, yeah. as something to be encountered or to be understood or be classified or, yeah. or used. But actually, the real call to us is see, seeing the rest of the world, seeing other people as a you, as a person, as someone with whom I have a relationship, as something yeah. where I can go 
deeper. Um, and I think that's one of the bridges that we can use to get over the whole labelling thing. Because actually, when we stop seeing people as a label, to see people as a label is to see them as an it. Mm. Yeah. You know, that they're, exactly. they're that. I can yeah. classify you, you know, I pin you on the board like a butterfly yeah. there we in go. my collection. I've, I've dismissed you as I, this. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly. I can sum you up. But anyone who spends any time with people knows that they're way more complicated than that. Yeah. And, yeah. and that the people we put in that little box marked, you know, conservative evangelical or liberal Anglo-Catholic or any yeah. of those kind of boxes yeah. are actually more complicated. And... And we understand that only really by having a by having a friendship with them, a relationship, yeah. by listening to yeah. them, yeah. by actually really trying to get to know them and seeing them, who they are. You know, yeah. I think that I think it's a it, for me. It, he he talks um, he talks about religion. He says um, he talks about religion as the history of God as a thing. Yeah, right. It's God as a thing, you know. It's God as an it, and uh, you know something that you you yeah. try and analyze and dissect and understand. Whereas yeah. the call of um, of I think mature spirituality is always to to, to enter into that relationship with God, and yeah. to to understand that you you are both yous. You know, the God sees a you. He never sees an it. He never sees a label with us. He never sees. He never looks at me and sees you know the way that I classify myself. Yeah. Um, and I, I just found it very profound. I mean, it's a great I, book. Yeah, I think I, it's I lovely. There. It's an amazing and, book. And it's good just to acknowledge that we are such a... Com- I mean, it was uh, Brian McLaren wrote the book uh, Generous Orthodoxy. And and in that, he, he I think the subtitle was something like Why I'm a Missional, Evangelical, Post-Protestant, Liberal, Conservative, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Incarnational, unfinished Christian. You know, that's right. the point. You know, that that actually it's very right that you're all those things. And sometimes mm. you're more of one thing and less of another. And I, of course, that's what I liked about my work with Renovari that re- really tried to recover this idea of that there are streams of spirituality. And actually, you want, of course, there are excesses with all of them, but you want to embrace all of them. You know, you may think, well, I don't want to be a charismatic, that wacky lot with, you know, speaking in tongues and want your money and all the rest of it. Well, hang on, <laughs> let's just backtrack a bit there. Uh, the charismatic tradition is about a life in the spirit. Yeah. Surely we want that, don't we? You know, mm. the evangelical mm. tradition is about an honouring of scripture and the centrality of the cross and the trans you know, there's 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 some great things that we ought not to ditch with any of these things and the holiness tradition and the you know, incarnational tradition. There are things we need to be embracing. And that the danger is we get angry and we swing the pendulum or we throw the baby out with the bathwater because we're in reaction against something. Yeah. And that's the danger of those yeah. labels. Well, I think at this in, in this election season, it is really um, important that we see the you in people. We see that actually. I mean, I've noticed over the past year, we've talked about this a bit on the podcast. You know, the the divisiveness, the yeah. the way of labelling people, putting them into one camp or another. Um, I think labels just get in the way of being able to see people. Uh, yeah. And and you know if there's the, the the one thing we all the one label we all sort of wear in common I think is that we are all uh, children of God. Yeah. Um, that's we not all such have a, that's not such that a bad thing. identity. Yeah. No, that's that's a good one. Yeah. And so I think to to spend time to see people to understand them to to listen to them to to hear where their fears are and what their hopes and dreams are and uh, mm. why they are as as they are is really important. Uh, especially at this time, especially with recent events where, yeah. you know, we, we're always pushed to um, to demonise people. Yeah. Um, 
one yeah. of the challenges I was having in, in, in part of my work is to uh, pray for people who are persecuting, you know, pray for the persecutors, to recognise that to those people, you know, we might classify yeah. them as enemies, we might classify them as yeah. extremists or whatever, but they're also somebody's child. They're also yeah. somebody's yeah. husband, somebody's son, somebody, somebody, something terrible has gone wrong in their yeah. lives. And their formation. Um, they're yeah. a child of God. And it's some, one of these right. enormous challenges of, 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 for followers of Christ. To yeah, kind that of is one of there. the most inspirational things, you know, about yeah. the, the, the story of Jesus and the cross and the resurrection is mm. that Jesus took the negative energy out instead of you know, swearing and cursing the Romans and the religious authorities and everything, he, he actually forgave them. And, you know, you've got this extraordinary, extraordinary um, narratives, passion narratives, mm. where you are inspired by a way of reacting to the world that doesn't return the violence with violence and doesn't return the anger with anger, but actually mm. there's a yeah. living demonstration of another way. And I think if we're, if we're serious about following jesus then um you know we can't help but be serious about those things so from here what do we do I, how do we react first thing let's just notice the labels we're using mm. about ourselves and about other people let's try and mm. catch ourselves doing it and if we mm. think that that is possibly not the way through to maturity and the other side of the mid-faith crisis let's let's try and stop doing it mm. and and your point about the i thou stuff let's let's really try Let's really try seeing people as people. Mm. Like, yeah, you, you know, beautiful, messed yeah. up, wonderful people. Yeah. And if we can't do that, let's just take them out and stone them. Yes. Thank so you. That, that's that an alternative. Balanced view. <laughs> Very good. The Ethel <laughs> approach. I yeah, great. Listen, um, it's been a tough old time, I think, for us. We're recording this the day after. Yeah, uh, the bomb in Manchester. It's a tough old time. People want to divide. People always want to yeah. uh, slap labels on other people and simplify things and categorise things. And um, the challenge for us is to to sit back and uh, not to fall into that trap. I think. Yeah. To absolutely. listen to people and to love people as Christ would love them. Yeah, and of course our hearts are with all our yeah, listeners absolutely. in Manchester at this yeah. time. And throughout the UK, because it, you know it's been a it's been a dark day to wake up and yeah, hear horrible. such awful news. But mm. you know, there is hope. Mm. There is hope. Anyway, so I see a near ending. Again. Yes, me too. Me too. Uh, Be careful with the labels, and please write in and let us know what you think and yeah. what you found helpful and what's resonating, if indeed anything is. Mm. Yes, indeed. And don't forget the competition. Uh, write in with your most outrageous uh, praise of this because uh, we are deeply shallow individuals and so uh, we're, we've, there's a book waiting for you. Hey, and if you like the podcast, do me a favour, share it with people. Thank mm, you. Yes, or go on iTunes, I believe it's called. Ah, yes. And, and uh, leave a recommendation and do some starry things you can do and, and all that kind of stuff. I know and not subscribe. what you speak. No, but it's good. No, we're getting a lot of listeners. It's great to have more on board every week, and um, yeah, and shouldn't isn't there something better you could be doing with your life, really? But anyway, yes. So the near ending is now an imminent ending, and uh, so it's it's been great spending time with you, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time uh, with an episode recorded live together, together in Worthing, in Worthing, 
under the influence. Alright, see you soon. <laughs> Bye.